Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. While exploring Data's abandoned, lifeless homeworld, the away team finds another android that looks just like him. But this long-lost brother is not all that he seems to be, and soon tries to sacrifice the Enterprise to the very entity that killed his homeworld! From January 16th, 1988, it's Season 1, Episode 12, Data Lore, or Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? <laughs> I'm Cam, that's Dan, and we are the meth generation oh damn it i was gonna try and come up with a cam and dan pun for data lore but i didn't cam dan camden Camden. Camden. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty funny. Yes. We're Camden. We are Camden. So, obviously, you're the original. Um, obviously. And I am uh, I'm the one with the facial tick. <laughs> you're, the, you're the evil little <laughs> evil brother. I'm the evil little brother who's manipulative <laughs> and cruel and would definitely drug you and take your clothes. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fucking lootly. Um, but can we just take a moment and say, Brent Spiner, holy fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Not a bad showing. I mean, I've never acted with my cell phone film, but I can only imagine what... They just... The characters were so... I mean, when Laura was pretending to be Data, it was just subtle and brilliant, and I fucking loved it. Anyway. Well, and I and best of all for you, Cameron, I think I found a headcanon workaround to data using contractions in earlier episodes. So, yeah, yeah, I think I, uh, I can't wait to hear yeah. that. Yeah. So, why don't you let everybody know what's going on with uh, these androids dreaming of electric sheep? <laughs> Shit. Okay. Well, on start at four one two four two point four. While on the way to Starbase Armas 9 for computer maintenance, the Enterprise arrives at planet Omnicron Theta, the site of a vanished colony where the starship Tripoli originally found our dear Data. An away team travels to the surface and finds that what had been farmland is now barren and has no trace of life in the soil. The team also finds a lab which, in which they discover... Dr. Noonien Sung's laboratory, Earth's first and foremost creator of android technology. Uh, apparently, he was dis- discredited for his theories in robotics, though, even though he, you know, built data. It's all very complicated. The team also finds a disassembled android nearly identical to data and return with it to the ship. As <laughs> over the course to the starbase, the crew reassemble and reactivate Data's brother, also played by Brent Spiner, in sickbay. He refers to himself as Lore and explains that Data was built first and that he himself is the more perfect model. He feigns naivete to the crew, but shows signs of being more intelligent than he is letting on. Later in private, he tells Data that they were actually created in opposite order and that the colonists became envious of his own perfection. 
as he explained that the crystalline space entity capable of stripping away all life from the world was responsible for the colony's demise. <laughs> Didn't like the crystalline space entity, Dan? Holy killer snowflakes, Batman! <laughs> Snowflake vampires! Oh, snowflake vampires. That's the name of our band, Cameron. <laughs> we are the snowflake vampires and this is our first song dad blogging is a real job <laughs> done done and done or data and lore as it were lore then incapacitates data revealing his plans to offer the ship's crew to the entity when a signal transmission is detected from data's quarters <laughs> wesley crusher <laughs> arrives to investigate for some reason they send the child he finds laura now impersonating data who explains that he had to incapacitate his brother after being attacked wesley is doubtful because he ain't stupid but pretends to accept the explanation soon after the same crystalline entity that had attacked the colony approaches the ship laura is still pretending to be data enters the bridge as the object hovers before the enterprise and explains that he incapacitated his brother by turning him off Causing Dr. Crusher to go, wait a fucking minute. <laughs> I thought only I knew about your special spot. <laughs> Why are you telling other people about your special spot, Data? Oh, do you want me to tell you where it is? you want me to stick my hand back there right now? Since Data had previously treated the existence of such a feature as a closely guarded secret. Lore then explains that he can communicate with the crystalline entity and suggests to Captain Jean-Luc Picard that he should show a demonstration of force by beaming an object toward the entity and then destroying it with the ship's phasers. Lore attempts to intimidate Data. Oh, Lore's attempts to imitate Data are imperfect, though arousing, especially when Lore does not recognize Picard's usual command for make it so. Although Picard sends a security detachment to tail him, Lore overpowers Worf, overpowers Worf and evades pursuit. Meanwhile... Dr. Crusher and Wesley reactivate the unconscious data, and the three of them race to the cargo bay to find Lore plotting with the entity to defeat the Enterprise. When Lore discovers them, he threatens Wesley with a phaser and orders Dr. Crusher to leave. He then shoots her, lights her on fire, <laughs> and <laughs> Data quickly brawls. Data manages to knock Lore onto the transporter platform, and Wesley activates it, beaming Lore into space. With its conspirator no longer on board... The crystalline entity says, eh, fuck this shit. And the Enterprise resumes its journey to a starbase. And so ends Datalore. And we never saw Lore again. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. <laughs> I hope he makes himself That's the god of some primitive world. Because that would be a fun episode. Cameron. Cameron. Cameron, yes, Cameron, Cameron. My brother from another mother. Dan, 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 Dan. What did you love about this episode? My twin who rides a Schwinn. What? <laughs> I <laughs> I loved <laughs> I loved Brent Spiner. It was the Brent Spiner Power Hour. And I also loved, you know, and one of our established favorite bits of canon, which we'll talk about in quotes. But um I it's just I know it seems silly, and I know the plot is rather silly, and I know <laughs> making lore so evil can be taken harshly. But I, I, 
I love lore and I love data and I love the way that Brent Spiner plays both of them. I just wish they'd given him a mustache he could twirl. <laughs> so deliciously evil. <laughs> For no apparent reason whatsoever. <laughs> well, I mean, he it's established later that he has an emotional chip. Uh, you know, he on his shoulder. So he has <laughs> Yep. Yes, he does. <laughs> oh god. So what specifically, um, what canon goodies or character bits really just primed your warp drive? <laughs> character bits, eh? Um, I, I mean, you know, it's, I loved so much. I loved everyone being pissed at Wesley. I loved, we got some more, we got some more Riker smirks and then some Riker sass and some Riker discipline and it's just, yeah. I loved Jean-Luc. I loved, <laughs> I really did like the design of the crystal entity too. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, it was beautiful. Pretty well rendered too. For the time. Yeah. All things considered. It's a great I mean, show right. on NPR. <laughs> All things considered. Um, I like the carry through. We're going to eventually get to Starbase Armist 9 for com computer maintenance. That's nice. It's a nice little carry through. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, it all comes down to Brent Spiner and his, his performances. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think he does he does a very nice job. He has to carry the lion's share of this episode on his shoulders. Acting with yourself, I, I can't imagine how hard that is. Um, I also really enjoyed how much Picard trusted him. I really liked that he addressed it, like you should, and say and said, you know, well, what. Uh, where do your, you know, beat around the bush a little, was like, where do your allegiances lie? But he continued to trust Data. And when, when Tasha asked how much of a security risk does Data pose, and she prefaced, I'm asking this in the capacity of my role, not as his friend Tasha, you know, should, should we be looking at yeah. this? Like, it was very professional, good crew behavior. And... I liked that not only did Picard address her question directly in front of everyone, he then addressed what a good and important question that was to ask. Like he showed very good leadership skills and decisions with the exception of them just kind of leaving lore alone. Like they know how well data can assimilate computer information into himself. They know what he is capable of. It only seems logical to not leave lore unattended. Like, you don't know this walking computer at all. You have no idea what he's capable of or what his motives are or what a freshly birthed android is going to behave like. Because, well, while Data was found 26 years ago, none of them were there. None of them know what he was like when he was first animated. So... 
there's there was that was like the big thing where I was like, come on guys, get it get it the fuck together. At least stick Wesley on him or somebody to just hang out with him. He's too much of yep. a security threat, and that should have been insisted upon. But other than that, they did a, a very nice job with command. Um, they handled the situation pretty well, all things considered. But um, I also really enjoyed Beverly and John Luke telling Wesley to shut up. I'm pretty sure this is the first time, right? <laughs> it was. This is our first, first time, time, and we're up to two. That's two shut up Wesleys in one episode. Ding, ding. It's our shut up Wesley counter. <laughs> At the same time, right? too. Shut up, Wesley. If I was an adult officer, you're not making this better, kid. You're not making this better. Stop talking. Um, but it was interesting to see uh, Data grapple with his deficiencies. That he is not as human as his brother. And, you know, humor. Like, uh, it was so funny when he was practicing sneezing. I know. That was such an adorable, like, childlike thing for him to do. To practice sneezing when he has no need to sneeze. There's nothing that would make him sneeze. Um, I am hoping that he has, like, some sort of air filtration system that malfunctions at some point and he does sneeze. That would be hilarious. And he could go, oh, that's what sneezing is. <laughs> that would be funny to me. Um <laughs> It's like a sneeze, but feels better. What? What? But I, I appreciate in stories when siblings operate as a mirror to like everything you want to be, wish to be, hope to be, to see it laid out in front of you like that and to still find mm-hmm. it wanting is such, a, is such a lovely thing for someone to experience where he can walk away from it being like, I am enough. I am enough as I am learning as I try. Um, it was a good data affirming episode. I mean, I'll admit that this hasn't aged as well as I remember it when I first saw it, but I still, I still thoroughly enjoy it. I, I think it's a great time, but it wasn't all twins and mustache twirling. Was it Dan? No, it wasn't. But I do have one more thing that I did truly enjoy. And that... What was that? Riker asking if Lore has a dick in coded language. Does he have all <laughs> your parts? It's like, Riker, you thirsty, polysexual <laughs> being. He's like, this, this yep. new one, he he's, is... not a, he's not a inferior officer. There's no conflict there. All right. So has he got all yeah. your parts? I'm like, Riker, put it away. God. <laughs> always wanted to fucking yeah, right he's like it's on my list he's like if i can hit that and a klingon winks at Worf, then uh i'll have uh, maybe at the same time right? then i'll have filled up my bingo card for my academy days spit roast me boys whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> Ooh. um yeah this this episode was a bit silly it was a bit. Silly. It was all just a little bit. Um, uh, one thing, uh, the initial shot when they land on the planet, they're like, everything's dead here. Nothing is alive. Bitch, there were clearly cobwebs 
in the foreground of that shot. So you want to tell me about them spiders and what they living on? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, no, they, they're not living. That's, those are left over, Dan, because apparently the wind died. Too. Oh, the wind died. And so those cobwebs lasted for 26 years on their own. Sure. Yep, the weather died, too. Yeah, all right. The crystalline entity just basically, you know, sucks the essence out of... <laughs> um, you know, sucks the very essence out of the planet, like Riker wants to do to Laura. Why? <laughs> why? What? What could he have possibly poisoned Data with? That was my other thing. I'm like, what the... He doesn't... He doesn't ingest food... I get that he could take it in, but that it must just be like pouring liquid into a Tupperware to be disposed of later. Like he can't, he doesn't need food for any reason. So there's nothing to metabolize. What the fuck did he give I think him? It, I think it was like pouring sugar in your gas tank. At least that's what I've always imagined. Okay, I can, I it can get that. It was just a substance that, you know gums him up a little not too much apparently because you know you can just turn him right back exactly on, but... i was like so they don't have to flush his system or get that out of there was it a virus was it micro hardware that attacked him like it didn't make any logical sense i was like so you can roofie androids huh don't tell Riker. <laughs> oh no Oh, no. I'm sorry, Riker. I don't mean it, but it just was picking up on an earlier thread. I don't think you're a predator. Yeah. I just think you way too thirsty, boy. Like, calm down. <laughs> so thirsty. Mm-hmm. Thirsty. Right? Also, um, what was what is the setting on a phaser to light shirt on fire? I don't know. I have no idea. That was That was funny to me. It was it was very dramatic, mm-hmm. <laughs> almost melodramatic. Right. Um, but my the biggest thing I was angry about was Data allowing his brother to access the computers. I was like, dude, come on! You're gonna let him look at everything, unsupervised, and walk away? You don't have an ounce of suspicion over this other being, like. And furthermore, someone on the crew should have been like, uh, what's your brother doing? Oh, he's absorbing all of the information on the ship. What are you doing? <laughs> cool. So just, we've just known him for casually. about six hours. Maybe shouldn't give him all our secrets like that. I was like, for as, as well as Command was acting in this episode, I wanted to be like, Data, come the fuck on. You're supposed to be super logical. Please don't be this dumb. Please. I the, I forgot to mention the one thing that I really did love was the scene where the captain says, I know we all feel silly about this, but just think, you know, just think of us as a different side, sort of machine to, you know, just trying to be inclusive and trying to make people feel less awkward about the situation. Right. And Data correcting him being like, please don't call my brother it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they, they, not it. <laughs> Ah, we get a camera. You're so woke. It's just something I care about, Daniel. See, that's your mistake right there. Never care about anything. <laughs> oh, is that? Okay. That's the secret right. to happiness. Well... If you care about nothing, you're never disappointed.
I have a little I have a little workaround for data using contractions earlier. Yeah, I'd love He'd to been that. around humans consistently for 26 years, correct? Correct. He has been correct. trying to assimilate, trying to learn. And I would like to think that this was the first moment that he revealed to anyone or had his off switch activated. At which point it slightly reset his settings and he went back to no contractions fully. The contractions were something he had learned and assimilated, not unlike the gangster speech from earlier, but it was less of a conscious effort and more of a conversational habit he developed by being around humans so much. But by turning him off uh, and turning you. him back on again, he reset. Look at you. Right? I was like, oh, that'll make Cameron I'm... happy. Close that loop. It... That does make me happy. And it's believable and lovely. What a what a great... Yep, that's in my head, Cannon. Hooray! <laughs> I would just like to take a moment to mention... Um, there's also a reason why this episode is so heavy-handed. Why is that? Oh, well, I know, I know exactly why. I know 100% why. And it involves drool and typey clicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then Riker asks about his dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gene, get out of here! <laughs> I mean, but it's also kind of sad because this is the very last episode of Star Trek ever with Gene Roddenberry as a writing credit, so we won't, we won't get to blame him anymore. Aww. Well, it is, there is sort of some beautiful poetry there that the last episode he wrote involved the birth of a child. Yep. Um, because he did birth something that is, I'll go on record and say, wonderful. I think Star Trek is wonderful. <gasps> to oh. a lot of people. Hold your horses. <laughs> I'm not sold yet. Um, yes, you are. Don't lie to me. No, I like uh, I like lots of things. I dislike others. I just want um, I just want Star Trek to be real with me. That's my thing. I just want you to be real with me. Like, don't don't wave your highfalutin utopia shit and wag your finger from the future. Show me the underbelly. Show me the gross. Show me the weird. Show me the awful. Because I guarantee you, the universe is not as friendly a place as they make it out to be. <laughs> well you're gonna love you're going to love deep space nine you're going to adore actually you're gonna adore deep space nine and probably adore discovery i would hope so i'm not looking forward to enterprise mostly because i think that uh going backwards in time with a show about the future is just a shitty idea <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what Discovery did, but they're doing it very well. Yeah, I think they learned the lesson there of like, well, we still got to make this look like technology that we don't have. This is supposed to be over 300 years from now. So let's act like it versus let's put on jumpsuits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, see, Gene wasn't even alive then. God damn it. That's the problem. Mm, there you go. He's the idea man. He would have at least put enterprise out in the right direction and don't get me wrong they do some really great things on enterprise but well i i i adore gene as an idea man but you know and i know writing's fucking hard it's okay it is but hard to have the kind of creative vision that he can get others on board with and to see it through and to farm it out to people who are better equipped to do story that's 
that's good. That's good characteristics. But uh, despite his involvement, we still managed to get a few good quotes out of this. <laughs> we did. Some excellent quotes. Mm -hmm. You'll feel uncomfortable about aspects of your duplicate data. We feel uncomfortable too. And for no logical reason. If it feels awkward to be reminded that data is a machine, just remember that we are merely a different variety of machine. In our case, electrochemical in nature. Yeah. You're watching everything he does, Data? Is that the act of a brother? It's the act of a Starfleet officer obeying his captain, Doctor. <laughs> Doctor Soon made me perfect in his first attempt, but he made me so completely human, the colonists became envious of me. You lived with the colonists? Until he petitioned Soon to make a more comfortable, less perfect android. In other words, you, brother... And do you want to be as stupid as them, dear brother? The troublesome little man-child. Are you prepared for the kind of death you've earned, little man? And I was like, yes, he's going to kill Wes. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Number one. Have you considered whether Data is more or less human than we want? I wish only we were all as well-balanced, sir. Agreed. End Agreed. of episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I know this might finish me as an act against it, but... Shut up, Wesley! Shut up, Doctor. Wesley? And since I am finished here, sir, may I point out Shut that... Shut up, Wesley! Shut... <laughs> that everything that I have said would have been listened to if it came from an adult officer. Request permission to return to my quarters, sir. Agreed. Doctor, go uh with him. <laughs> You're putting me off the bridge, you motherfucker. <laughs> I'm asking you to keep an eye on your son during all of this, Doctor. Our son. Your son. <laughs> Mr. Data, welcome home. <laughs> I could say home sweet home, sir, if I understood how the word sweet applies. Ah, uh, yep. Uh, but most importantly, shut up, Wesley. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> shut up, Wesley. Uh. <laughs> oh, so good. So, so good. So, so good. Uh, well, Cameron, how many uh, evil twitching twins would you give this episode? <laughs> you know, I'm going to give it two and a half evil twitching twins. Yeah, it's it's all a bit silly, but it is it's it's not bad. It was more of a slog to get through than the last episode, that's for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd say, but it was enjoyable. I'd say two and a half is is fair. Um, I'll give it two and a half as well. Wow, yeah. it's not it's not a flaming piece of shit, but uh, you know, don't feel don't feel too bad because we do. <laughs> Uh, we do have our next episode being <laughs> Angel One. Uh huh. So <laughs> I have a feeling we're gonna have our Muds Women moment. So 
stick uh, around for that. I mean, it's not as bad as Mud's Women, but it's up That there. is a low-ass fucking bar, Cameron. <laughs> it is a low-ass fucking bar. I have watched... Boy, I was about to say something really, truly awful. Um, yeah. But I have, I have watched uh, episodes of the man show that aren't as bad as Mud's Women. As Mud's so, Women? Oh, I know. Yeah. I watched, ep- I watched episodes of the Howard Stern show <laughs> in the 90s <laughs> that weren't as bad as Mud's Women. <laughs> Well, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. So that just leaves one more thing to do. And that's for me to tell you all to not just have a great week, but make it so. Keep on trekking. Facial tick. Facial tick. How's that worked for you? Pretty great. I'm emotionally stable, super healthy, pursuing my dreams, but you know, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you care about your wife? I would die for her. Well, there but we go. But mostly because I don't care about living. So, it's a trap. <laughs> uh, um uh so my th- well, thank you so much. This has been the Matt Generation. <laughs> Dan shoots himself. Uh, the last thing we hear is me killing myself on air. Um, oh, God. Please don't even joke about that. Okay, well. I don't know what I'd do without aw, you. God only knows, Cameron. A Secret Weapon Production.